We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. I'm your host, Scott Kennedy. I will be going solo today on Black Monday. It might be a down day for the Denver Broncos, but it's not quite a Black Monday. I think you could pretty much have an idea of what your coach is going to look like next year. But the season did end on a bit of a disappointing note, and it was really a season of highs and lows for this team. Some really high highs and some incredibly low lows. What a roller coaster this team was, along with the drama to go along with it. I think it might feel a little better to just get to some state of normalcy in the offseason, where you're starting to think about what can I do to help make this team better through the draft, through free agency, et cetera, et cetera. There will be some more drama uh, if and when Russell Wilson is eventually released. But overall, it's been... It'll, it'll feel like a, a, a more normal offseason, and frankly, it'll be a little bit more fun for us because right now you're sitting there, I believe, the number 12 overall draft pick. And uh, let me see, number 12, yeah, 12 overall draft pick. And this is the first time since our first year uh, that you've had a pick. That pick was Pat Sertan. It's been a while. Um, so it says, uh, you know, let me see here. The video, not the audio. Scott, no. Jeremy, okay. Looks like we're okay on here as far as not being frozen. I will be solo today. Nick is off this week. A little programming note. I will not be here tomorrow. We will go on Thursday. So Broncos for Breakfast will be Monday, Thursday, not Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So we're taking tomorrow off. But we'll be back on Thursday. Kind of let all of the coaching stuff settle in a little bit and have a little bit more to talk about over the course of the uh, – over the course of the of the week a lot of news already today has come in the Atlanta Falcons have made a move they fired their coach I think at 1201 Eastern so it became Black Monday in a hurry Washington Commanders have moved on from basically everybody so lots of stuff going on already today we go live because we like having y'all in here so we want to say hello to some folks that have come in nice and early I, I did start this at, at 10 a.m so we we're a little late but I scheduled at 10 so hopefully everybody understood that we were going to be starting a little bit late today uh, and there were some folks that came in nice and early, like Colin Wood. Again, the game almost feels secondary yesterday. Yes, you didn't want to lose again to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think that's eight in a row now, and now, what, 10 out of 11? I don't need to rub it in, I know. Um, but again, this it was a glorified exhibition yesterday. Antonio Pierce and the Las Vegas Raiders had more to play for. 
they were trying to keep their coach. Antonio Pierce was coaching for an audition where Sean Payton's got 18 million or so next year. And regardless, his, his job is safe. Um, there are some getting up and breaking that streak for the Denver Broncos is more important to fans that have lived through that streak. Most of the Denver Broncos that are on the team haven't lived that streak uh, that, that goes back that time. It wasn't quite the motivator. And when you're going on the road at the end of the season in a dead rubber game, those kind of things matter. And it showed. Um, so yeah, Colin, I, I think yesterday's game would qualify as pretty much unwatchable going in there with, you know, backup quarterbacks and guys who were nursing injuries, not playing that it, it felt like a glorified exhibition, not even as important as a preseason game where you're trying to see who might make the team where you're trying to evaluate new players. It was, um, a little bit tough. Um, David Yonkin says, I think the game has passed Sean and, uh, Vance Joseph by, if we keep all the coaches in place for next year, we'll miss the playoffs again. Those aren't necessarily completely connected. I think you could keep all of the coaches and miss the playoffs again next year based on the personnel, and it doesn't mean that those guys can't coach. Um, there was a night and day difference this year between last year. There, Like I said, there were some really high highs and some really low lows, but from a personnel standpoint, this team has some holes in it. Um, it was never as bad as 1-5, but they were never as good as 6-1. And with the limitations on this team, and then by the time you get to the end of the season with the players who aren't playing, 500 is about right. So the concern, David, is then coming into next season saying, okay, well, how does it get better? How can this team make a leap from eight and nine, nine and eight to the playoffs, considering the, the cap limitations and stuff that you're going to have? We'll get into that. And we've got an entire off season to, to do that. Uh, morning, Scott. QB at 12 or trade up until you have a quarterback, you are mid at best. Becomes a really good question, Jeremy. Um, again, it depended on where you look. And one of the places I like to keep an eye on is uh, is NFL mock draft, draft database because they do a very good job of having consensus. So I'm going to share this screen. Let me drop this over, over here a little bit. I'm going to share the screen with everybody, uh, I think. Hopefully it's not got too many auto-playing ads, which is going to mess with everybody here. I've got a new monitor and it's... So let me share this screen. Apologies, this is taking too long. I should have had this ready. Uh, I like the mock draft database here. And again, it's got the picks here for Marvin Harrison, Caleb Williams, Drake May, et cetera, et cetera. And it says who is probably going to take these guys. Now, the top picks are... Chicago Bears, Washington Commanders, New England Patriots. If Chicago decides to go quarterback, those first three picks are off the table. Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, Drake May are gone. Chicago is the only one that's in doubt about needing a quarterback. That's the only one. So if Caleb, if they decide that they want out of that spot, then Justin Fields is then available. Can you use that pick for Justin Fields? Do you want to? That becomes a question. It becomes an option because the first three quarterbacks are now off the board. The Washington Commanders are going quarterback. New England's going quarterback. The Chicago Bears go quarterback. Then Justin Fields becomes the guy that's available. Otherwise, maybe you can get into the top four to take a quarterback because Mar because the Chicago Bears trade back to two or three and select Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, but if you scroll down on here and look at some of the guys where they have them ranked, let me get rid of this. 
auto-playing video. If I scroll down here and see where they have Michael Penix Jr. rated, they've got him at 21 overall. The highest he's been rated overall across the combination of all of these picks is 20. That could go up today. And the projection on him was number eight Falcons. And where did I have... See, I thought I had one, this one yesterday said it's changed since yesterday because yesterday, you know who it said? It said Denver Broncos at 12. Um, so that becomes an option. I don't know that he will go that high. I just don't know that you can get into, let me stop this here, stop screen, stop sharing. The problem is, Jeremy, I don't know that you will be able to get high enough to even take Michael Penix Jr. So, and why is that? I saw this discussion yesterday, and, and, and unfortunately, we kind of operate in a vacuum. Well, we'll just trade up with, let's say, Tennessee at number seven, who wants Will Levis, or maybe we'll trade up with number six. Maybe we'll trade with the Chargers at number five. Um, Cardinals will probably want to stick where they are to get one of those premier guys at number four, but maybe we'll just trade up into those spots if we think we have to get Michael Penix and trade up the... The problem is, is you better hope that the teams ahead of you and the teams you're competing with decide that Michael Penix isn't worth that because you're not getting ahead of the Atlanta Falcons if they decide Michael Penix is the guy. They're already sitting at number eight. They've got more draft picks to, to spend. You're not getting ahead of them. So if you say, okay, well, if we get to seven and we trade with Tennessee, we can get Michael Penix there. All right, get on the phone with the Tennessee Titans and decide, okay, we want Michael Penix. You know what the Tennessee Titans are going to do? They're going to pick up the phone and they're going to call Terry Fontenot at number eight and say, hey, listen, this is what the Broncos just offered us. Can you beat it? Yeah, we can beat that. We're sitting with the number eight pick. We've got two, and we've got three, three other picks in the top 50. We can beat that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it becomes really, really hard to get one of those quarterbacks if you think that's your guy. Now, 
as you move down, you can still get lucky. You can still move. Bo Nix should be available at that spot. Do you think you want Bo Nix in that spot? J.J. McCarthy could be available at 12. Do you want J.J. McCarthy in the spot? The farther you go down the list from quarterback one, two, three, four, the, the less chance you have of hitting. Does that mean you shouldn't take a swing? No, it, it doesn't. I think you probably need to go quarterback in this spot or at least go down. You have to come out of this draft with a quarterback. Now, where you decide that fits your board, we will see. We will see on that one. We've got some folks coming in with some super chats, and I appreciate the support that you are showing the show this morning on Broncos for Breakfast while I go with a uh, with a uh, solo effort today. Mark Schrader comes in. He says, good morning, Scott. More crappy weather hitting us today than headed your way. Great. Mark is in Texas, and he's kind of my weatherman here in Florida, and in, in uh, Georgia. Whatever he gets about two days, three days later hits us. It's been cold and windy and crappy. Uh, I always complained about the winters in Georgia. Like, well, the winters aren't so bad. Yes, they are. 38 windy rain is about the worst weather there is. I moved up. I lived in New Jersey for two years. I was like, I'd rather have it just snow. It did. January 3rd, started snowing, didn't stop snowing for three months. I was still okay with that. The problem was, is then May and June hit and it was 35 degrees and raining. I'm like, oh, I see. I may not like the winters in the South, but your springs suck. So you don't, you don't, uh, you don't miss it. You just move it. So it's uh, not my favorite time of year in January here. Good time to be inside talking football with y'all. Good to see you, Mark. Thank you for the support. Quentin Caldwell coming in with a super chat. Thank you, QC. Appreciate the support you are showing as well. Thank you so much. And Addison Reichlick coming in uh, with the support with a super sticker as well. So thank you a ton for all of those um, on these. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Monica coming in, coming in nice and early. Uh, she says, I don't think Sean is a mistake yet. Give him his game pieces and we can judge him fairly. Um, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again uh, as we finish the season. Sean Payton is a good football coach, really good football coach. Uh, he's made a big difference in this team from where were you last year? Five and 12, um, pick up three more wins, moved to eight and nine and had a chance to be better than that. And, you know, a couple bounces here or there, there was improvement. There was definite improvement. You could see the improvement from last year, even Vic Fangio previous year to this year, definite improvement. What concerns me is Sean Payton, the general manager. That's what concerns me. It was funny. There was a, a report about George Payton's future. Uh, Sean Payton will decide on George Payton's future. And that, that threw some people off. It just is a good reminder that people in the national media and around the, the United States, and especially, you know, the, the Twix verse, Twitter X, they don't pay attention to the team, their own, to teams other than their own, nearly as much as we do, as you do to your own team. And they were surprised to realize, wait a minute, George Payton answers to Sean Payton? Yes! Yes, he does. When Sean Payton came in, he was given pretty much absolute authority. And we said that, y'all have watched me long enough to, to know that I said I was very surprised that Sean Payton, that George Payton was still there, that Sean Payton didn't bring in his own guy. Um. I've gone back and forth since then several times on whether George Payton would be retained, whether he'd be here come August 1st of 2024, and I still don't know. I still don't know where that that lands. Um, my gut would say no, that Sean Payton would want to have his own guy in here and that there's been enough 
mistakes from George Payton to justify him losing his job anyway, the same way that the general manager in the Carolina Panthers just lost his, that he had three fireable mistakes, and then you can start counting up some of the bigger misses with it. Those three fireable mistakes last year, Russell Wilson, the trade, when you miss that badly on a trade, it's a fireable mistake. Now, do we say it was probably worth taking at the time? Yeah, there, there weren't too many people second-guessing at the time. So I'm not going to hindsight create it, but you're judged on results, not intentions. This isn't politics. Second one was the contract. Now, was he doing the bidding of the Walton Penner group? Maybe. But guess what? They're the owners. They're not accountable. The guys that are held accountable are the ones that have to fall on the sword, and they get paid handsomely for it, so you don't feel too bad for it. But the contract extension. And three, Nathaniel Hackett. Any one of those three is a fireable mistake. Now let's take a look at some of the free agents from, you know, Randy Gregory was a whole lot of money flushed down the drain uh, for a risky investment. Um, the draft has been hit and miss to a certain extent. Now this past year, I'm not going to talk about George Payton answering to Sean Payton and then drop the likes of Mike McGlinchey in George Payton's lap. Not going to do it. I just said that Sean Payton's a general manager of this team. So what exactly is George Payton doing? And does he want to keep doing it here? Does he want to keep doing it with the Denver Broncos? Or does he want to have more authority and not answer to the head coach? Who, frankly, one, they have different goals. A general manager is looking for 10 years. A head coach is looking for next year. Um, and, and two, it's different skill sets. You know, I, I've sat in the room with coaches. I've sat in a room with former players and listened to them talk about other players as evaluating and be like, guys, you're out of your mind. I don't, and hindsight ends up proving me right that these guys aren't as good at evaluating talent as people who do that for a living. Now, there's always going to be misses, I know, but it's a different skill set. Sean Payton, the general manager, this is a long way of me saying that Sean Payton, the general manager, frightens me. Total control, and it's not just him. I don't care who it is. It's part of the downfall in New England. Too much control from Bill Belichick. The, the roster has eroded. They went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle, I think was who it was, was, was their quarterback when Tom Brady went down. It wasn't all Tom Brady. It was the system. It was the the uh, who you had there. Now, your, your roster, your personnel, now as time goes on and Belichick gets more power, that roster gets worse and worse and worse. It's not a coincidence, y'all. That's, that's what frightens me. It's Sean Payton, the general manager on that one. Um... Let me scroll down here. We had a lot of conversation before I went on because I built this stream nice and early. So it was good to see you in here uh, getting started. Corey has a great question. Can you set estimate trade value some of our some of our players if we assume the max possible cap hit is transferred to the other team? That becomes really hard on that one, Corey, because a lot of the guys... A lot of the guys that would have had some trade value that you would have moved on from, you you probably should have done it before the trade deadline this year. Um, you know, you start taking a look at guys like Cortland Sutton um, and his 24. Let me look at his, the, the 24, because we're talking trade value now, so I can flip the script to 2024. You know, Garrett Bowles, has a $16 million base salary. If you were to trade him, you might be able to get a third for him and 16 million. I don't know that you're going to be able to get 16 million and a third. 
So if you want to get maximum value for them, you probably have to kick in some money or accept less. Um, Zach Allen's not going anywhere. Mike McGlinchey is basically untradeable because of his. Justin Simmons has a 14.5 base salary. So that's the cap that you would save if you were to, to move on from him. And again, you might be able to get a third or a fourth rounder. But Scott, he's a pro bowler. I know. I know. He's also, what, 31, 32 years old? at safety, which isn't considered a really truly high value position. Um, and he's expensive. So maybe, is it worth that much money if he's playing well? Yeah, he is. That's the Atlanta Falcons. They just signed uh, Jesse Bates, who made a Pro Bowl. They signed him to that kind of money. Jesse was 25. Uh, he's 25 years old. That was a long-term uh, investment. So you might be able to get a third or a probably more like a fifth, and you're hoping somebody, if you want somebody to pick up the freight on that one, for sure. Cortland Sutton, a fourth or a fifth or again, and someone's getting third and, and they'll be taking 13 million of his Tim Patrick, uh, 10 million of his base salary. He's going to be gone. Uh, ben powers is kind of a sneaky, a sneaky candidate to be moved on. Um, we'll see about that one. DJ Jones, I think is a, I don't think you're trading him. I think he's a move on candidate. I think you are much better off with these guys to, because then you have to replace them anyway. These are key players. You're not going on a full rebuild next year. You're going after trying to take the step from eight and nine to 10 and seven next year and make the playoffs. I think you are much better off. And we've, we've talked about this before, but let's, let's take Garrett Bowles. For example, he has a $20 million cap hit next year. So this one becomes pretty easy. $20 million cap hit with a $16 million base salary. Okay. He's got, Next year, he's a free agent after next year. Do I want to keep him next year? Probably. Otherwise, I've got to replace him. Um, and I might make that decision after the draft. Uh, but he's only 32 years old for a left tackle. That's not bad. I can probably get two or three more years out of him. So what do I want to do with Garrett Bowles? I want to take that $16 million that he is due next year, and I want to turn it into a signing bonus. I'm going to pay you $16 million in cash. I'm going to sign you to a four-year extension. So I'm going to take that $16 million and I'm going to spread it across 2024, 25, 26, and 27. Therefore, your $16 million that you were due only counts $4 million next year. Counts $4 million next year. Then I pay you the minimum in your base salary your first year. Call it a million dollars to keep it nice and easy. His cap hit went from 20, went from $20 million to $5 million. So my cap hit on that is only $5 million and I still have my left tackle in place. Now I've got to pay him more as time goes on, but I'm getting more cap flexibility in two seasons. So I can, I can limit Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles. I can get almost $50 million back from their salaries with extensions. That seems a way to go to me for me, Corey. I, I, I really think that now the one trade piece you have that would net significant return on investment is Pat Sertan. That's the one piece you have that would get you a first rounder back and more probably get you turf two first round picks. He's still 23 years old. I believe her, you know, there was a comment yesterday that said, but we should trade Pat Sertan because by the time we're good again, you know, he's going to be past it. No, 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 no. I mean, in theory, you may never be good again. So let's just assume you're on the path of being good again based on uh, draft picks, salary cap, et cetera, et cetera. That's two, three years that you're out from under all of that money. 
He's 26, dude. This is this is his prime. If you think Pat Sertan is the building block and you can build without him, without trying to get a couple extra first round picks, then you, you lock him up. You sign him long term. Does he want to? It's kind of not up to him. You've got control of him for six years with uh if you use a franchise tag, he's been through three years now. Next year, fifth round option franchise tag for three more years, and you're out of cap hell and you can sign him to whatever the whatever you want to. So I don't know that trading other than Sertan, other than draft picks to move down, and other than guys that you might get a sixth or a seventh for uh, is really the right option on that one. Um, let me see. The Epic Gamer comes in. He says uh, with a super chat, he says, do you think the Broncos try and trade up to get a higher draft pick? It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Maybe. Uh, we just talked about how hard it would be. It depends on the, the only reason you're trading up Epic Gamer in the first, especially, is, is if you target that quarterback and you think you know you can get him. I just went through saying why that's going to be so hard. If Penix ends up being a guy worthy of drafting in the top 10, there's just going to be too much competition for him. There's too many teams out there that want a quarterback. I already mentioned the top three. Let's go through the top 10. Chicago. Let's say, yes, okay, Justin Fields is available. Okay, there's going to be competition for him. Washington, absolutely. New England, absolutely. Arizona, I'm leaning no on this one. Chargers, no. The Giants could be in it for sure because they're not sold on Daniel Jones, and he signed a big deal, but it's it's only one year left on it. It was like basically a two-year deal. One year's already through. Uh, Tennessee, how sold are they on Will Levis? Enough that they would pass up on a guy uh, at seven? Maybe. Atlanta is absolutely all in on a quarterback at number eight. Chicago, uh, we already said that they were they were keeping, uh, you know, <laughs> wouldn't that be interesting if they traded out of that spot and then took a quarterback at number nine and snuck in and said, we'll just take Michael Penix and we're going to trade. Uh, we're going to trade out of that spot and get three more picks for that number one. And we like number nine. <laughs> we're going to we're going to get another first rounder for for Justin Fields and we're going to take Penix at nine. Probably not going to happen. Uh, the Jets, no, I don't think so. They're going to go the best player they possibly can get to try and take a run at it with Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to invest all that with Aaron Rodgers and then decide, oh, we need to draft Jordan Love and hedge on the future. No, they're, they're, they will be going for it. Minnesota could be in it as well at number 11. Depending on what they do with Kirk Cousins, I think that is the most likely place for him to go back. He's going to be expensive, but they've got some money and he knows the system fits well. Uh, I think they they roll one more time with with Kirk Cousins and be there. But to get up into those spots, 
there's at least five spots there to try and and go get quarterback. I just think it's going to be really, really difficult to move up and try and get one of the top. It's going to be almost impossible to get one of the top three, almost impossible. And it's going to be ridiculously hard to get the fourth one. If Michael Penix ends up, excuse me, with a, a top 10 grade. Nathan Johnson coming in. Good to see you, Nathan. He says, do you think we draft a quarterback first or draft best available? I would rather draft best available. We have too many holes not to. Um, Nathan, I like the phrase best available prospect. The, 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 the phrase best available player just rankles me because it's really impossible to get the best available player. Odds tell me that somebody down the draft is going to be better than whoever you draft. If you're drafting at 12, there's another... 250 guys are still going to get drafted. One of those guys is going to be better, but I know what you mean here. You look at best available prospect. Um, Do you go in that spot and say best available prospect? What you cannot do, what you cannot do, Nathan, is reach. You cannot go into the saying, we have to have a quarterback in the first. Well, I don't have a quarterback that I like in the first round. I can't reach for him. If you do that, if you say I have to have a quarterback, trade down. Get back if you don't like the guy. What kills you more than anything isn't guys that you miss on. It's like, okay, I mean, look at, look at, uh, and I'll use this as an example. Look at the Carolina Panthers, okay? The Carolina Panthers traded DJ Moore, who is a really good player for the Chicago Bears. They traded a number one pick who ended up being Jalen Carter. The Bears moved around out of that. They ended up moving and get for, for Jalen Carter. Ugh. Okay, so I got DJ Moore and Jalen Carter and the number one overall pick in this draft. Okay, so I traded Caleb Williams, Jalen Carter, and DJ Moore to get Bryce Young. Ouch. All right, the problem there isn't the guys that you gave up. The problem right now is Bryce Young is struggling mightily. If you had the season that the Houston Texans got from CJ Stroud, and if you had CJ Stroud, who should be the offensive rookie of the year, who helped D'Amico Ryans and be a finalist for NFL coach of the year. It's okay that you gave up those spots. I gave up three first round draft picks for Trey Lance. Hadn't played a lick. Okay. What do those other guys turn into? Doesn't matter. I got Brock Purdy instead. I was able to plug in Brock Purdy and, and move that. So it's not the guys that you miss on. It's the guys you take that can't play. That will end up killing you. The the Bronc the the 49ers took a guy, but they got lucky with Mr. Irrelevant. Try and build a team off Mr. Irrelevance and let me know how it goes. So, Nathan, the key on this one is do not reach. That's the way you cannot go into this saying we have to have them. So if uh if you like the quarterback, let me pause this real quick. I need to get to my Facebook fam on here. I've missed missed y'all, like Michael Renkio coming in too. Um, don't reach. That's, that's what will kill you faster than anything is if you reach in a spot and you don't like the guy. Now you may love Michael Penix. And the question is, is if you love him, do other teams too, because there's going to be a lot of competition for quarterbacks this year. You saw how many quarterbacks played. You saw how many bad quarterbacks were out there this year across the NFL. There's going to be a lot of teams that are quarterback needy, and it's going to be expensive to try and move up if one doesn't fall to you. Um, thank you for the super chat, my friend. I want to say hello to some folks on uh, 
on Facebook. Sherry, she says, what a roller coaster of a season. I'm exhausted. Man, no kidding. I mean, one in five. And you know some of the games in there were worse than that. It felt worse than that. To six and one, my God, we're on top of the mountain. Beat the Chiefs, going to Buffalo and beat the Bills in a primetime game. To finishing kind of with a whimper down the stretch, including losing to the Patriots. Um coming down. It just and then and then and then once you were knocked out of the playoffs, then the Russell Wilson drama. This has been, we have to say. It hasn't been boring. Some of the games may not have been exactly what you were looking for from an aesthetically pleasing type of performance, but the season itself, it's been a roller coaster. That's for sure. Michael Ranquillo coming in on Facebook. He says, good morning, Scott, on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. It is good to see you. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the support that you always show the show. Uh, Ernie Mays says, go Broncos country. Only hello, Scott, now that we can talk draft. Yep, now we can talk draft. Now, now we can talk draft. Um, I'm going to scroll down to the bottom for some of the newer comments. And, uh, and he says, Jeremy says, mock it up. I'm not ready to do a mock draft yet. We might do that Thursday. Um, Nick is so much farther ahead than me on these draft guys um, that uh, that I, I can't go more. I, I could do 12 where you're picking, but it'd be easier for me just to say some of the guys that might be available for you because that's all you're really looking for anyway. Um, yes, I think Michael Penix. I think Michael Penix will be available at 12 right now. I know Bo Nix will be available. Will you have somebody like J.J. McCarthy in there as well? Maybe. Um, does Johnny Newton, defensive lineman, is he there? Probably. Dallas Turner at edge? Maybe. Latu Latu, edge, UCLA? Maybe. Do you need uh, Roma Adunzi? From Washington, watch him tonight. You could use another wide receiver. Kool-Aid McKinstry, a corner opposite. Uh, Patrick Sertan, yes. Uh, offensive tackle, maybe, maybe, maybe. That might be the way to go. So um, so we'll see. Those are some guys that will be uh, that could be available in your spot that could help. Again, every player I mentioned there is a good player, first-round worthy but they're also in premium positions. And frankly, you've got, I want to say offensive tackles in need, but it's not necessarily as pressing in need because you've, you've got your starters in there. Unless you do something with Garrett Bowles, you cannot do anything with Mike McGlinchey's contract. Do you get a guy in and you're okay at guard with, with powers and, uh, and, and Quinn Miners? Do you draft a guy so that you can move on from Mike McGlinchey after his second year when his contract becomes more flexible? Or do you just wait and do that in 2025? Good Lord, time's going fast. Um, there's a Bama X be real interested in this one. He says, no on Kool-Aid, please. Bama, what's, uh, and I'll share the comment. What's your, what's your concern with Kool-Aid McKinstry? Um, you know, the Alabama defensive backs historically have had pretty good luck. Now, that doesn't mean he would be any good. You know, that's that's not a reason to take an Alabama defensive back, just like it's not a reason to say, well, Ohio State quarterbacks never played very well. I'm not taking one. That's silly. Um, but uh, I'd be interested to see where, you know, why, why, why no on Kool-Aid. Um, a little stiff. I know he's got some decent size. Uh, maybe a good number two opposite a number one. Um, but be be real interested on that one. Um, and, uh, James, he says, we'll see tonight if Penix's draft capital goes up, James and capital one it, it, capital 
two, it's stock in this one. It's definitely not capital this time. His draft stock goes up. It's absolutely not capital this time. Um, yeah, we'll see if his draft stock goes up tonight. And uh, I think um, he's been on the rise. Jaden Daniels was the high riser during the season. Well earned. Um, but does does his go on something like this? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, C.J. Stroud skyrocketed in that game against Georgia. But C.J. Stroud, for a year, was considered one or two. Then he kind of fell off a little bit. And then in that big stage, he showed everybody why he was one or two all along. Michael Penix has been a steady climber. How much farther can he go? Be fun to, fun tonight to uh to, to get a watch on that one. Um and and Bama X talking about uh about Kool-Aid McKinstry. He's got some character, some some character concerns. It sounds like effort on this one picks and chooses when he when he tackles. That's not a good sign. I don't want a guy like that in the top fifteen for sure. Um, I don't want a guy in the top fifteen that I've got worried about putting forth the effort. You need you need some some dogs for lack of a better word. I need some guys out there. Speaking of which, congratulations to Alex Singleton. I think it said he's uh, set the Broncos record for tackles in a season. Um, that had been around for years and years and years, 17 games. That helps, but still, um, you need some guys with some attitude like that. You'd, you'd like them to have a little bit more from a f- physical ability. And that's why I think we're hoping that Drew Sanders steps up next season. Uh, let me see here. Um, let me hit some of these questions. Rodney Garcia coming in nice and early. Says, good morning, Scott. If the QB is not there, should Denver pursue an edge in the first round? Absolutely. Um, let me go. When I start thinking of team needs, team needs for the Denver Broncos, and I go by position of value too, because frankly, tight end is a huge need. Tight end might be the biggest need on this team. Uh, no, I, I still go front five on this. Um for me, other than quarterback, the front five is the biggest need on this team. I would go uh, edge one. Frankly, defensive line, interior defensive line is the number one need on this team, especially if you move on from DJ Jones. Then you're sitting there with Zach Allen, and that's it. And frankly, Zach Allen might be a better 4-3 type defensive end than a 3-4 interior lineman defensive tackle uh, where he plays, than a 3-4 defensive end. He's got versatility, though, but you really might just have one jumbo guy on your line that becomes a huge need but just like i talked about before johnny newton is the guy that's talked about going in the first round on this is he really a 12 if he's not don't reach is what we said if he's not do not reach then go and you're talking about possibly an edge there uh that is a big need an edge guys that you could look at dallas turner uh latu latu jared verse chop robinson braylon trice all guys considered to go in that 10 to 25 area that could could uh, that you could be looking at on edge. Um, mentioned DL, cornerback. Uh, the corner opposite Pat Sertan is a big need. Fabian Rowe filled in and did well. Uh, you're hoping Damari Mathis might be able to step back up and provide. Riley Moss is somebody you're hoping will step in and be that guy. You're kind of counting on that. You traded up for him. But if you're not sold on him, Right now, cornerback is a need for this team. Hopefully, Riley Moss, Demari Mathis, and you have you solve that internally. That would be the best case scenario. Wide receiver is a big need for this team. 
You got Cortland Sutton. Do you trust Jerry Judy going into a season to be a guy that you can trust to depend on? This is what I'm going to get. I know what I'm going to get week in and week out. I know the effort level. I know the production. I know the work I'm going to get uh, at practice. Do you trust that? I don't. Um, I don't. <laughs> so Marvin Mims, you're hoping, steps up and can replace Jerry Judy, and maybe you can move on from Jerry Judy and his $13 million guaranteed salary next year. So that's where I'm thinking about biggest needs. And frankly, tight end. If Brock Bowers somehow falls to 12, yes, please. I could see that one for sure. If Brock Bowers is sitting there at 12, is he a good fit for the Denver Broncos? Yes, he is. Um, Nick's not here. Um, doing well. Uh, him and the baby went home, but Nick will start talking about scheme fit, and he doesn't do that. You know, I don't care. I don't care with Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is a playmaker. Yes, please. That's absolutely where I would go. Um Austin Ryder, he likes that one. He says Bowers is 100% a Sean Payton guy. David talks buffs. Bowers would be exciting. I do like that one. Um, David Yonkin, uh, this was earlier in the season, so it probably is still true. Does Singleton lead the team in tackles and missed tackles? At one point, he led the NFL in tackles and missed tackles. Um, you know what that meant to me, David? And I, I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. It meant he was getting too many opportunities. It meant the guys in front of him weren't doing their jobs. It meant too many guys were getting through the defensive line and your inside linebackers are having to do too much. So whether you say, okay, Alex Singleton wasn't good enough, I can look at those two stats and say, I need help on the defensive line. And I don't think that's a hot take. Y'all know. All right. Joel O has a good question. He says, are you afraid that if we draft Michael Penix, since he's left-handed, his blind side McGlinchey will get him killed. Not so much, not any more so than if he was coming right at him. Um, as far as blindside this or opposite side that, move the pocket a little bit. Um, you can do some things to help McGlinchey in pass protection. Maybe I line a tight end up over there. Maybe I have a, a get a little bit better with my um, my running back who I have back there is doing a good job in blocking, but I can help him. So, Joel, I guess the answer would be. Not any more afraid that the quarterback would be getting killed than if he was right-handed. Am I afraid that the quarterback might get killed because of Mike McGlinchey? Yes. <laughs> yes. End of. So um, not any more that he's left, uh, left-handed left or right-handed. It doesn't, doesn't worry me um, that much. And, you know, Tom brings up Penix has injury issues, shoulders and both knees. Kind of scary, isn't it? Um, what happened, you know, We've talked about the injury, I won't say luck, but the injury, the, the, the Broncos were much healthier this year. They lost some guys, but it seems like the guys they lost were guys that were carrying pre-existing injuries. Dulcich was hurt last year. Dulcich was hurt this year. Tim Patrick, Patrick injury histories. Um, who else was some of the guys? Baron Browning stayed healthier than you know he had in his three years with, with, uh, with the Denver Broncos, but had some injury concerns coming in. Yes, it, it should scare you a little bit. As Denver Broncos, we're not over this. Let's go get injured players and hope they stay healthy. You're not over that, are you? I'm I'm not over that. That scares the crap out of me. Um, so we will see. Now, the shoulders things almost scares me more than the ACLs because 
he is a thrower. He, Michael Penix only has about 270 yards in six years of rushing. He's a thrower. I mean, he can move around a little bit, but I'm not worried about him. You know, okay, if we take his legs away, that's that's not why I like him. I don't I don't like him because of his mobility. I like him because that left arm for him is, is freaking. I love him. Um, so that doesn't bother me too much. Uh, Keith Brugman has a good question. Thank you for the stars, my friend. He says, Scott, after the two game trial with Stidham. <clears throat> Is there any possibility Russ now doesn't get cut? There's always a possibility, Keith. Is there any possibility that Russell Wilson is a starting quarterback for Sean Payton again? You're telling me there's a chance. I mean, there's the there's the dumb and dumber chance. I just don't see it happening. I, I think it will be cantankerous. I think the relationship is fractured. I think Russ will want out. Uh, we'll want a fresh start. I think we'll have plenty of suitors. I think Russ is not going to do the Broncos any favors with no trade clauses uh, or whatnot. And I think just like Derek Carr last year, when they shelved him, they will, and, and Matt Ryan, when they shelved him, and this is worse, this is from a relationship point of view, this seems more fractured. You will say, cut me. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I think that's what it's going to have to be. I just don't. Um, I don't, I don't see that. Um, I, I don't see Russell Wilson suiting up and for Sean Payton as a starting quarterback ever again. Um, Jeremy Sean says, what at Oregon makes you nervous about Knicks? Um, uh, Knicks played well at Oregon. He, he didn't play well before Oregon <laughs> is one way to put it. And then I see him in the Oregon offense. It was one of his first games and he comes back down and plays Georgia and he was terrible again. So I try and wipe that free from my brain. Okay, he's, this is this is a different guy. He's older. He's got time to ex get experience and mature. So I go in and I turn on an Oregon game, and I don't see any NFL throws. I don't see. It's all side to side to side to side to side, underneath, underneath, side to side. Very rarely do you see him make a throw that says, yes, he can play quarterback in the NFL. I see, again, that doesn't mean he can't. One of the things I'm really, really looking forward to is I'm going out on the Senior Bowl again, and he's supposed to be there. He has, he has reserved a spot. I think he could easily move his way into the first round. If he's, if he's borderline right now, if he goes down there in a controlled environment where they ask him to make throws and he shows off that he's got that arm, he's got size and mobility, you know he's smart, he's really accurate underneath, I worry a little bit about his mental toughness, but that's not going to matter to draft guys. Uh, if they see that he's got got the tools and he's got the stats to back it up, he'll be just fine. Um, but what I don't like that I've seen in Oregon was just he doesn't – I didn't see an NFL quarterback because they don't let him do NFL things. That's my concern with Bo Nix, and I cannot wait to see him play at, a, play at the Senior Bowl. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, on that note, y'all, uh, someone asked, might've been, uh, might've been Tom. Uh, let me see. Uh, this, cause this is a question that you, that you need to be asking. Uh, when people start talking about trading up one, I think it's going to be virtually impossible to get into the top three, just about impossible. Two of those spots are taken and you're wondering about the bears. The bears are going to have you're not going to be able to compete with the offers that the bears will do unless you throw in Pat Sertan and a pair of first round draft picks. 
then they might listen. I'm not sure you want to do that. Um, but if the Bears decide to stay put and take a quarterback, Justin Fields is in place. Justin Fields is uh, in the same draft class as uh, as as uh, Pat Sertan. So he's got one more year on his rookie deal, then his fifth-year option. Right now, his fifth-year option would be about $20 million. So you'd have two years to make a decision. Denver Broncos, if you have two years to make a decision, don't sign him to a big contract extension right away when you've got two years of control. Let it see how it plays out first. Don't sign him to $250 million with 200 guaranteed. Um, not a good idea. So, no, Justin Williams, if he is available, somebody that you should absolutely be talking about. There will be competition for Justin Fields as well. There will absolutely be competition for him as well. But, um, yes, if the Bears stay put, Justin Fields is on the table and is someone that we will talk about a lot. Um, on that note, I am going to hop out of here. I will be back on Thursday. I'm going to take tomorrow off to uh, to, to cover some, some different things and let kind of let the news cycle build a little bit until we come back on Thursday. And then Nick will be back next week. So I appreciate everybody joining me this morning. I appreciate the supers coming in from Mark, from Quentin, from Addison, from the Epic Gamer, from Nathan Johnson. And uh, for those of you, Michael and Keith, that I saw over, and if I missed you, I apologize, um, over on uh, on Facebook as well. Um, but I will be back on, on Thursday. So programming note, tomorrow's off. And let me see if I can run through some of these banners here. Just, uh, you know, we are Broncos for Breakfast on the Mile High Huddle podcast. A good place to follow on Twitter or Twix is the MHH pod, or you can follow me at Scout Kennedy. Twitter at Mile High Huddle. If you want to get your merch, get a Broncos for Breakfast mug, head over to MHHmerch.com. And, uh, you know, always give a look over at Instagram at Mile High, mile underscore high underscore Huddle. And as a great reminder, I love reading through these things. Go over to Apple Pods and give Mile High Huddle Podcast, which is all of the podcasts, but you can mention Scott, you can mention Nick, a five-star review. And as always, if you get a chance to, we've got a lot of new viewers in here. Thank you for hanging out with me this morning. Um, make sure you like, subscribe, and share as it scrolls across there on the bottom. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. I will see you on Thursday, and I hope you have a heck of a Black Monday. Take it easy, everybody. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.